I'm right and you're wrong. Once you start labeling people, categorizing of humans and ideas, you have desensitized yourself to the humanity of that other human being, to who they really are. And in the marketplace of ideas, these things are complicated, man. We all need to engage with a variety of viewpoints. A genuine multicultural connection with another. I mean, sometimes you don't need to agree or disagree. You just need to sit with it and digest. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Ideas Digest, the live podcast where we explore the ideas that divide us in order to find the humanity that connects us. My name's Conrad, and if you're new to the show, welcome. If you're tuning in live, welcome. If you're new to the show, welcome. But I do have to be honest, this is like a disclaimer at the top. This podcast isn't for everybody. Now, when I say that, I mean, one week you're going to be listening to the podcast. You'll be like, man, this is awesome. I agree with everything this guy's saying. This is a fantastic episode. I love this show. And then the very next week, you might be listening to someone you really disagree with. Someone you're like getting triggered by, like, I can't believe this idiot thinks that. What the hell? Uh, And that's by design. So you might be wondering, man, should I just unfollow this guy and stop listening But that's actually the point. The point and goal of this show, Ideas Digest, is to try and find the people we disagree with, find the enemy, I guess, and see if we can understand how they got to the idea they hold and how the idea helps them. So be warned, uh, it might get a bit triggering in different episodes, but they're the ones you should listen to. That's the fun part. Um, Other than that, so... The clickbait title for this episode, why clickbait, Connor? Why do you go to the clickbait? Because clickbait is the language of the 21st century. We love clickbait. That's how we engage with everything these days. So we're going to lean into it. We're going for the clickbait this episode. Now, before I I posted uh, the promo to the episode and I said the clickbait was strangers to our own intimacy. But then as I was like kind of preparing the show notes and things like that, I kind of liked another one that the friend of the show, Nick, sent through and And it was, technology makes us more human. Now, uh, just released on Netflix is The Social Dilemma, really like waking us up to like, oh man, AI is going to control our lives. Um, And so so then to hear the title, technology makes us more human, uh, that's going against the grain. So I really like that one. Um, But I'm going to introduce new friend of the show, Nick, from who, who he's working with. In, or is the TSD director of content, TSD. What's TSD, Nick? TSD is the skin deep. Oh, there we go. The skin deep director of content, Nick. Welcome to the show, Nick. Thanks for joining me. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I mean, super stoked to be able to talk to you. I'm very curious. I, I reached out to the skin deep um, a few months ago and I came across, I came across the con- your content on YouTube and it was just fascinating and I'll probably get you to explain what the skin deep is and what you guys are doing there for for the, I guess listeners of the show that might not be aware of what the skin deep is yeah definitely so um, to put it simply the um, skin deep is basically a creative studio that's focused entirely on exploring human connection in the digital age so all the work that we do is about exploring the ins and outs of how we're connecting with each other um, and the ways that we're doing that and how that's shifting over time. And just generally speaking, just like, you know, we're in a crazy inflection period right now where technology is becoming more and more prevalent faster and faster. And, you know, the whole concept of things just expeditingly getting like blown out of proportion. So 
our goal is to kind of be a constant in that space of like exploring and examining how different technologies are affecting how we're interacting with each other and how human connection as a whole is shifting within that like landscape, that digital landscape. And what what is like that that content and things you're putting out there that it's um that you're producing for this? What what does it look like that connection of in a digital age? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, it it takes a lot of different forms. Uh, we have a, a handful of different projects. Um, basically, the the main one that a lot of people are familiar with is called the And, uh, which is a relationship project, and it's all about creating the space and holding the space for people to have an intimate conversation with each other and kind of change the way that they're communicating with one another in hopes of kind of leaning more into a more intimate and vulnerable moment with each other to hopefully learn something they might not know otherwise or have a conversation they wouldn't have otherwise. Um, Some other projects we have are The Window, which is kind of exploring somebody's life story told through the eyes of the people around them, their loved ones. So in other words, we'll have five or six people come in who are close to this individual and kind of recount their story to a camera. And then we bring them in and play back an edited version of all of these people telling their story back to them. Um, So it's a really cool project of just like reflection, but through the people you love. And then um, we have another project called The Dig, which is all about kind of exploring relationships that might not be considered as like, you know, mainstream or normal kind of relationships that lie, that exist a little bit on the outside of what people typically like are familiar with. And um, that's an interactive experience that you kind of go onto this website, you click through what we call nuggets, which are short multimedia clips. And then all of that is framed within, you identify yourself with these questions and sliders, and then you're, you're posed a question that the couple is actually facing, that that relationship is facing. So by the end of the experience, you watch as much as you want, you absorb as much of their story as you want, and then you can answer the question And at the end, you kind of get plotted on this huge chart of how you identified based on the questions and how you answered that one kind of obstacle question and based on how much of that content you watched through. So it's very, it's a really cool way to kind of see where you fall against everyone else that's gone through that experience. Um, That's a big one. We have another one called Honest X, which is actually a podcast that explores intimacy and desire and sex and all that stuff. But um, that's actually still in development. We don't have that out yet. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot. So there's always a lot, a lot of moving parts. Uh, with the with the common the thread point. of like, what is it to connect with people in different ways and explore like what relationship is, what it looks like between different people. It's it's a, a interesting to see the different lenses that we can view relationships through that aren't just perhaps the the one we are we are having with with somebody else. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of the whole point. And the reason there are so many different projects is it's such a kind of expansive topic. You know, there's yeah, so many different yeah. ways to explore it and so many different angles to come at it. So, you know, our projects kind of showcase that because it's such a, it's such a, you know, human connection. Like how do you even condense that down to anything that's tangible? You know, it's so. That's right. And I, I think that's why what, I reached out to the skin deep pretty quickly after watching it because it's interesting to me as we explore on ideas digest, like what is it that divides us and why does it divide us and and what's getting in our way of like, do we have to always agree or disagree? Do we have to agree to really connect with someone? So watching, watching the skin deep explore like through video format and different experiments of how people are connected, I just think is, is very fascinating. And I think we'll, we'll come more into, into that sort of, uh, 
angle later on. Tell me, Nick, about like, tell me about you and, and your background and what led you into working with the Skin Deep. Yeah, definitely. So um, the Skin Deep and I have had a pretty interesting relationship. <laughs> um, I've been with the Skin Deep now for going on in May. It'll be six years. So a little over so like five and a half years right now. It's a long time job, long term. Who said millennials couldn't hold down long, long time work? That's, that's exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So it's very much like my my professional career. Uh, basically, when I was coming out of no, I was still a junior in college. Um, a friend of mine, I was studying at Fordham University. A good friend of mine was working with the Skin Deep on the End project, um, and he's like, you know, oh, and this is actually another project I forgot to mention. It's called Senior Orientation. Um, but he came to me and he's like, hey, you know. Uh, this company I work for, we're looking for kind of some younger people to come in and explain iPhone apps to senior citizens. Um, and that was a whole thing called senior orientation. So at the time, like, you know, I was studying media. I was very kind of broadly trying to figure out where I wanted to go. So um, having heard nothing about the end or anything like that, I went in to participate in that project and and kind of explained uh, what Vine was to a bunch of older folks. So yeah. It was just like a really fun experience and getting to sit in a room with like five other people and just like I made a vine for them and like explained it. And it was just it was a bunch of fun and fit really well into like all the stuff I was studying and just the whole kind of idea of just like taking a more like meta look at the things that are happening and shifting to us. Um, so how that worked is just like I basically Topaz Adizis, he's the founder. Um, he was running the shoot and I was like, hey, like this was really cool. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, if you want any interns, like I'm looking for some work, I'm looking for some experience. Like, do you mind if I just like start working with you guys or if there's any way I can, please let me know. And so he kind of brought me onto a production and kind of talked to me and like had me running camera for a little bit and then was looking at my work and was just like, yeah, you know, I think we can like make some space for you. So I started there and um, it's interesting because, you know, I, when I was first on set, I was kind of the first time I was experiencing that project and I didn't even really understand it. I was just like too caught up and like, okay, make sure the cameras were like, don't blow it. <laughs> <laughs> I went in and we started like working on the end edits and I was with a former editor, Chris McNabb and he was, and they were working on an edit and I was just, wa- I watched through it and I was just like, Oh, like, Oh, I get, I get this project. I get what it's doing. Like it all just clicked for me in that. Like I watched one video and I was like, that makes so much sense. And it's like, I understand it. It was like, I don't even know how to really explain it. Yeah. Um, what was it that you kind of like clicked and went, that's what we're doing here. When you watched that video, what was that? Um, I think it was, I mean, what was the actual like pivot? Um, the cut that we were watching was, uh, it's a couple called Lynette and Corey. Um, and they were a couple we filmed out in LA um, and they had just like a really intense conversation where they both got pretty emotional and it kind of got a little heated, but it, there was just a moment in it where she just kind of started breaking down about her insecurities about him being a musician and getting really popular. And also there, they were both um, really tied up in their faith as well. And that kind of just came up and just, there was a moment where they got incredibly vulnerable really fast. And that was the moment where I was just like, Oh, like I get it. This isn't like a soap opera. This isn't like a drama thing. Like this is literally just people having an intense conversation and like really stepping into it. So, yeah. I mean, you know, since then I, I've just been like kind of so deep in it 
in the sense that I care and I and I respect the project and I and there's so much value in it, but also I am just so committed to it. Like I want to make this thing sustainable and want to make this thing and bring it to as many people as possible. So that was kind of like the hook. Before that, I was just oh. making stupid comedic videos with my friends that I still love and there's a place in my heart for that always. Well, well, you can always jump on TikTok. I hear I hear it's great for that. Exactly. <laughs> so what has been like you're in New York, yeah? That's that's where you guys are based. Were you were you always from New York and around that area and you studied what film? Yeah, no, so actually I was I was born in Chicago, lived out there for a few years, traveled to Maryland with my family for another few years, but then spent most of my upbringing out in Connecticut on the shoreline of Connecticut. So uh. I really just came out to New York for school um, and have been here since. So I studied, uh, I just went into like media and like communications. It's like an incredibly, it's a good program for them. It's really wide. And so I was kind of like doing that as an option of like feeling out what I wanted to do exactly. Everyone else in my family, scientists, doctors, engineers, that's kind of the whole gambit. And it wasn't something that really clicked yeah. with me. So kind of like feeling my way through that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I feel like we've spoken a couple of times and I've gotten some overhead information about you, kind of like where you are. I can kind of gauge how old you are by like the mustache and the youthfulness of your face. And what we like to do on Ideas Digest is, you know, when we meet someone new, we always make judgments and assumptions about them. That's just what we do. I do it. You probably do it. Let's be honest. Everybody does it. But this time I'm going to be honest about my assumptions. So I'm going to confess to you, Nick my assumptions about you as a, probably as a slightly ignorant Australian as, as I, as I am. So you get, you get a right of reply though. You get to say yes or no, but that's it. Just yes okay. or no. Just yes or no. Cool. All right, here Love we go. That. Uh, I've, I have been to New York before, so, you know, well-traveled, good on me. Uh, you, if you're in New York, mate, you've got to be a pretty rude New Yorker. Like New Yorkers, they don't give a crap. They're just walking past. It's just like out of my way. I'm, on on a mission, you're a rude New Yorker. Yes or no? No, no. Well, he's pretty friendly. He's he's he. he I'll, I'll verify that. He's doesn't yeah. look that rude. <laughs> All right, but you're also in New York. So, um, my other experience of New York, which I know it's not filmed in New York, but I feel like it's they're saying it is filmed in New York. Suits, you know, they're always working super hard. So you're in New York. You must be just a workaholic, like twelve hour days, seven days a week. Uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I feel like Americans work a, a little bit harder than us Australians. Um, maybe, a, maybe a cultural thing. Uh, so I was looking at your Instagram and you guys just look like, like a bunch of like New York hipsters. Is that true? No. No, but the mustaches, I don't know if I believe you, but I'll, I'll, I'll accept your no. I'll accept your no. Okay. Uh, you must love baseball. No. No. Well, fair enough. It's not that interesting. <laughs> uh, okay. So looking at, looking at like the channel and, and the work you've been doing, some people might just be thinking you're just like another reality TV show, you know? Definitely not. Definitely not. Okay. And some people might watch and be like, you know, I, I explained what you were doing and some of your videos to some of the people around me. And, and I noticed like instantly people very uncomfortable being like, whoa, why would you, why would you have personal conversations like that in front of in front of any everybody, and so some people might be thinking and judging immediately, saying, "Listen, you're just invading people's personal privacy for money, you're just exploiting people." Is that that's a question? Is are we doing that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yes no? no, definitely, <laughs> not. definitely not. 
<laughs> we're not exploiting people. Um, <laughs> no. That that's all I could kind of come up with as I as I'm judging you and the show. But I think what what I'm finding most interesting as we go back to the clickbait and the one the clickbait I'm really drawn to with the work you're doing is the opposite of what the narrative in society is. The narrative in society is that technology is disconnecting us. A question from one one of the people tuning in here is like, you know, how can we how can we connect when you know you're only chatting through apps and you're only chatting via Zoom, especially now with COVID, people are over digital all the time but then to come to the clickbait that is like technology makes us more human um i find that i find that very fascinating and interesting talk to me about like this idea of how technology is making us more human which seems like the exact opposite of what netflix is telling me yeah <laughs> well that that right off the bat netflix is, is telling a lot of people a lot of things you know i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think I think on the very base level, there are a lot of drawbacks to social media, to your online culture. By no means that is a, a perfect system. And I think there's a lot at stake there. What I think is really important right now at where we're at currently, you know, social media has been around for what now, like going on like 15 to 20 years. Like it's, it's, it's longer than you think. Eh? Yeah. It's, which is pretty long, but like you think about it in that scope and it's like, okay, in the just the span of, of technology and human evolution and all of that stuff, like that's a pretty small window. And a lot of us have seen the whole kind of run of it. So we've all kind of experienced the start of like, oh, you're like in Facebook, you're like maybe I'll get a Facebook. And now there's all these new things. And just like, you know, there's definitely a generation of us who've seen all the steps of that. And so I think what's really important and one of the things that really kind of binds us all at the skin deep is the idea of of existing in this space and trying to use this technology for something that's productive, to use this technology for something that has positive and like has a, has a real core to it and like is incredibly like genuine and, and uses it to amplify our humanity and to like share our humanity rather than being focused on like, what are the likes? What are the like engagement? How are we like getting people's attention? You know, kind of what you were saying and kind of what you kind of base some of your show off of too, is this idea of, of clickbait. And like right now our attention is like, our attention is our, is our, is our worth almost in the eyes of these digital, I don't know, giants. Like. Yeah. Attention is almost like all, all we have when we go through life, consciousness is almost like there's consciousness and that results in us giving attention to things. Yeah. You're right. It's like, right. this is kind of all we have to give. Exactly. And, it, and it's a really interesting dynamic. And even now it's like, you know, we're having this conversation through social media. In a way, it's connecting us through to so many people, to so many resources. Like the internet is so abundant. It's like insane. And the resources that actually exist in there are truly like incredible. And so, you know, you base your idea of your show is kind of like, let's dissect a clickbait because that's kind of the world that we live in. And, you know, when yeah. we're releasing videos on our channel, especially the and the and started out as an interactive platform, and that's exactly what it intends to be down the line. We're kind of releasing it on YouTube just because we have a community there and that kind of shares the content. But we're always in this kind of back and forth of like, you know, we could title this really clickbaity and we could draw people in to watch it, but it's inauthentic to the content itself. It's inauthentic to the experience that those people had. So there's no reason for us to do that because we base our work in so much 
respect and we have values that we stick to. So the idea of like your attention is everything. If you're not getting likes, you have no value. Like there's truly negative components to technology, to social media. And there's a bunch of positive ones too that a lot of people are also really familiar with. Where we're trying to exist is trying to be a voice within all of that. And so much of kind of the digital landscape is about like, you have a voice, like share your content, talk out loud. Everyone's kind of speaking their minds and talking. Um, we're trying to, especially with the and, create more of a space for like listening and for and for kind of intake and for sharing our humanity and for like, you know, really using the emotion and the human experience of others to help you reflect on on your life and where you're at and your relationships. So it's kind of this whole, it's like a, it's a whole tangent that I can go down because it's, it's really what binds our work. It's just like, yes, it, it can be really bad, but it has so much potential to also be really good and positive. Yeah. It, it really, what I'm hearing you say is like, it's, it exposes, there's this narrative, which is, which is also true that, you know, the downsides of the negative effects of technology, it's drawing attention, increased depression, like increased suicide rates, like disconnecting people a lot, the more we're like focused on likes and metrics and reducing somebody down to just an image. And then you are just that image you project and will people like it or will they reject it? But you're, you're kind of pulling out the fact that these technologies, I suppose, like anything, like a tool can, a hammer can kill someone or build a house the tool is the tool and that I like that's what draws me into the work you guys have done so far is that there's this use of technology that increases the level of connection people have and from the videos I've watched it's like the amount of insight I've gained from watching other people in intimate moments communicate and dialogue that's also technology enabling that uh it and so it's like just what, what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, technology has a lot of potential and you guys are trying to tap into that potential to, to, I suppose, do what, like, what are your like values and goals that you're trying to convey through the videos you make and through the conversations you host? Yeah, that's a, that's a big question. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, uh, it's big and it's simple at the same time. I mean, with the end yeah. specifically, very much you use the word tool that's exactly kind of what the end is to us um so just re uh, recap recap the end for for people listening yeah, yeah, like the no, end definitely. is the video project. yeah so the, yeah. the the end is a is our kind of um our biggest project it's it won an emmy in 2015 it's about exploring human relationships um so it kind of what mm -hmm. it does is it puts the viewer in the intimate space of of a relationship so you get to listen to a mother and a daughter talk about, you know, the death of their father. You get to listen to a couple who's breaking up, talk about what's breaking them apart. Or, you know, it's it's all about kind of getting into that kind of deep, intense conversations that everyone has within their relationships, whether it's out back, like at like the outdoor furniture, smoking cigarettes, or like you're over dinner with a glass of wine. Like these intimate conversations happen all the time. This project is all about kind of bringing people into that. Um, and it, it's very multifaceted in the way that people come in for a session. And we actually just finished a production last weekend in Atlanta. It was the first one we were able to do um, since COVID. And so people come into the studio and we kind of curate an experience for them. So they'll fill out a form. They'll let us know a little bit about their, their relationship. And then we use our kind of questions to kind of curate. And there's a process that we have that's between kind of 
setting the space and holding the space for those people, kind of curating the questions for them, and really just like ensuring that they have a, a whole experience from start to finish. So alone, just participating in the project has this almost therapeutic quality to it that, you know, we're not professionals. We don't claim it to be therapy by any means, but people, people have described it that way. And so that's an experience in itself. And then by the time we edit it, you know, we cut these conversations that are about an hour to an hour and a half long down to, you know, nine to 15 minutes. Um, and, and the goals of those are to create kind of tools for people to relate to each other or to see other relationships and see other examples of how people are loving each other, how people are navigating issues, how people are maybe not communicating well, how maybe people may be fighting. You know, it's it kind of, as you said, it, it's it's a very much a reflectionary tool to help you kind of gauge how you are in relationships and what you're doing there. And kind of what we're doing for that is we're hopefully down the line, we're trying to build or we are building the kind of this database of human emotion and human experience. So it's like if you are, say, you know, you're going through a bad breakup, you can go to our platform and our, and our database and search breakup. And then you get a list of all of these people talking about their breakups and the different angles and the different relationships and the different people, ethnicities, cultures, sexual orientations. Like it's just really think of like Wikipedia. It's, it's the information source for everything. There's pages for everything. The and is, is going to be a platform for, for emotion, for, for struggles, for issues, for human experience and like emotion. So the end alone, that's kind of where we're taking that. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, it, it all the values from holding the space get translated to editing the content in ways that's respectful, in ways that's not cutting what people are saying, in ways that very much respects what is said in that room. And, like, we're editing it down to have it be concise and our editors are choosing moments, but it's not like we're scrapping and Frankensteining together people saying stuff that they never said. Um, there's an integrity that goes through the whole thing, and it's because we have this kind of greater vision down the line of this of this database um what 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 i find so interesting is that social media and technology has almost to this point at least on the mainstream social media side of it been used to allow us to project an image of ourselves to other people and almost always that image excludes the personal, the difficult, the struggles, the hard, like it's like, oh, I'm engaged, I'm married, like all these are really great. I'm on holiday. This is awesome. This is what this platform's for. But then all of a sudden when life gets, gets crap, it, it, the, the feed goes dark for a little while and it's like, oh, there's nothing to really project here. And I find it very fascinating that where kind of this dark zone of, of social media ends is kind of where the projects of the skin deep begin in building like, what is it? I'm just imagining, you know, someone going through a breakup or me going through a breakup or, or something very difficult and just being like, what am I supposed to feel? What am I supposed to do? Who else has gone through it? And I suppose a lot of people have relationships they could go to if they're lucky enough to be connected with people going like, I'm really struggling with this. What can you tell me? And what's been your experience? But I, I wonder if, if that's also, there's many people that just don't. So I'm just imagining people going to this database or going to the YouTube channel and going, how are they dealing with it? Like, what does it look like for them to grieve? I'm finding it, yeah, fascinating. Um, and I can imagine it being very helpful for people. Well, it's also, yeah, it's definitely that. I mean, you know, it's like there are people and it's the same thing of like, you know, Netflix told me this idea. It's like 
if you're in a certain way or a situation that you're dealing with, you could go and just watch some show about something that is made up and, you know, you know, you can, you can fall into those holes and watch, mm. you know, 10 hours of, of chopped. Like I've been there for sure. But like, it's like yeah. at the same time, you're right. There are people who don't necessarily have relationships to go to immediately. And hopefully people have those people. But another yeah. part of it is also you watch those videos and you think more, you're like, Oh, like, I don't have that relationship with my dad that those people do, but seeing mm. it makes me think more like, but I could, like, I could, like they're showing and me. What does it look like? Exactly. So at the same time, it might also kind of be inciting people or hopefully inciting people to also watch a video, but then think on their relationships and see like, what are they learning about themselves through watching others? And like, mm. you know, even just sending a video to someone and being like, this made me think of you you get to kind of start just tying these emotions together and being like, okay, well maybe we should work more on our relationship. So it's very much this like ecosystem of, of like connection that yeah, they're videos and you can binge them and be on YouTube all night. And you know, that happens and I've done it and I've worked on so many of these and I still do it. But at the same time, it's also like, it's an opportunity to also think about like who is close to you and, and, and what does that mean? And, and how do you kind of manifest that? If that makes sense. Relationship. When you're viewing relationships, relationships are often the mirror through which we reflect on our on ourselves, right? Our direct relationship with somebody else, plus watching somebody else's relationship, is holding a mirror up to our own, which is which is an interesting um, thing to think about. Well, like, why do you think, you know, to to the people uh, like that I was talking to, they're like, "Whoa, that's very confronting and that's very personal." We have this we have this idea of like, "Well, that's personal." Like, we keep that to ourselves. We don't share. We we don't do these things. Why do people? come in to do to go because I've, I've seen just some amazing like you know people who have just broken up coming in and having an open honest conversation asking the hard questions like do you still love me like why do people go in and and enter that 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 space yeah that's that's a really good question and that's kind of something we're actually always asking people too because that feedback loop to us is so important and 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 even just hosting a production, we, we take the time afterwards to talk to them and just be like, what brought you in? And like, why are you here? And, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's that, I think it's that people want to be having these conversations. I think huh. especially exes, like the exes that we've had are like so courageous. And some of those conversations are so charged, but I think, I think it's kind of twofold. And one that's, I do think people want to be having these conversations and people, I think crave connection, especially now, especially in this whole perception of like, you know, social media and technology kind of being a negative thing. I think people really do want to have these more intense and like want to work on their relationships. It's knowing the starting point for that, which isn't necessarily always the best. And at the end of the day, like this experience is, we've adapted it to a game. Like it can be played. Like this is something that is accessible. So I think when people come in, they also, there's a level to it where they, they trust us. Um, mostly just because of our content. Uh, mm. We're not like other channels that are kind of just focusing on on clickbait and like really just catchy things and like dramatic things. If you watch through our videos, you really get a sense of like the room for like feelings and emotion. So I think people trust us and, and we really do put a lot of our energy into kind of setting up the space for them, curating those questions for them. The order of the questions is really important to us. Like all of these things, it's like this very intricate process that we've been working on for the past five years, six years to make that experience as kind of seamless as possible. So it, so that you don't have to do the work of confronting the hard conversation. Like we kind of lay it out for you so that 
you can either step into it or step back from it. So I do think that I think there's a lot of trust. And I think also people just and people afterwards usually are just reeling with with just feeling good. And, you know, we, mm. we sit on these productions for like three days. We sit in a room without windows and just listen to people talk. And like it's mm. by no means like draining. It's like I call it like soul like rinsing. Like I, we leave those productions and like we're tired, but like it's just so beautiful. And I think I really think that's why people come in. It's just there's something really special about taking the time out of your day to sit across from somebody that you find important and that, yeah. like that you care about and really just, and just share a conversation. Like the setting for that is like so hard to find these days without like someone on their phone or like Ugh. someone yelling outside, you know, like sitting across from someone and just like becoming present and like really just focusing entirely on you guys and your connection. And the way you describe it, I'm also thinking like as much as these are conversations and intimate moments that people share just on every level every day i'm also wondering if that's actually true in the sense that the setup that people have intentionally going into a space with no distraction to be present with somebody in front of other people is almost like an excuse to connect that people wouldn't not like wouldn't normally do because we're working too much we're on our phones we'd rather watch a video like what do you think like that level of like there's there's an excuse that we need almost to be able to do what we want to do, which is connect with people. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it can be definitely perceived as like an excuse. I think there's a level to it that's also like a um, it's a break. It's a break from the way that you typically communicate. So mm. I think, and this is a good example that Topaz uses a lot. It's like if if you are with your partner and you go up to them and you're like, like why do you love me? They're gonna be like, why the fuck are you asking me that question? Like what like what do you mean? Like, what did I do? What's happening? Why do you mean? Why do I love you? Like what's about to be ha- like drop? Like, so, you know, that in itself without a context is very much like alarming to some people. And like, you know, cause you're yeah, always thinking yeah. about like, why is this coming up? Why are they asking? What should my answer be? But like in a way, yeah, as you said, like this is kind of an excuse. It's like, because it's changing the way that you typically communicate or it's a different setting for the way you communicate. You don't have to ask those questions of like, why are you asking this question? Because the question's part of the, you know, you're asking each other questions. It kind of removes, it's kind of a more neutral way to confront things that, that bringing up might be like, it might be more intense to bring up on your own. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. What, what would you say the people who are watching these intimate moments, what do you think like the benefit is for people who are just observing this process take place for, for somebody else? I mean, it can be a lot. I mean, right off the bat, we have some people in here who are fans and they can even speak on it because the feedback that we get from our community is so powerful. And, you know, there's always conversations and relationships budding literally just from those comments. But in terms of what people are, are getting, like, I think it's, I think it's a bunch of things. I think someone could watch a video and have such a like, discomfort with it that i think it's about them also stepping more into an uncomfortable space rather than just watching easygoing fun things or for other people it's like damn you know like we've we have had so many comments of people watching a video and just being like i have not spoken to my father in 14 years but watching this video makes me want to reach out to him so everyone's experience with the videos changes and it depends on who they are, where they're at in their lives, what's going on. 
And then the cool thing is also over time, your relationship to the conversations will also shift. Cause like when I first came on, I was very much like, Oh, I really love like all the conversations between friends and like, and brothers and like men talking to men and like, I love that. And then like, not long at like a couple years after I started really like loving the parent child ones. And I was like, Oh, this gets me so excited about like having kids one day. And like, I love the way that he parents her. And like, I love that dynamic. And it just like, it's always shifting because this content is very much just like it exists as like a point in time for those people. But it's also a standalone of just like, here's a, a moment between a father and a daughter where I'm at in my life. Maybe that won't resonate with me. Maybe it will. And it really changes a lot. So it's kind of, it's hard to answer that question like super specifically, but I do think what people are getting out of it is like a sense of humanity and you can kind of feel the people on the other side of the screen. It's not just like actors portraying something or people who are going on YouTube to, to be famous. It's people who are having an experience on their own and connecting on their own. And you know, that that's such a kind of beautiful thing that you end up kind of feeling it through the screen. So I think it's just kind of like a shared humanity thing that just kind of emanates. At least that's how I see it. And I, I do think people have very different relationships with it, but that's how I would probably answer that, that question. And, and when you're talking about humanity, what are you, what are you meaning when you are saying like it, it, it can make us more human or connect us with humanity when you're using the word humanity, how are you, how are you meaning it? Yeah. I mean, that's a good question. I, you look at, all the lovely people we have in this chat, um, they're trying to convey thoughts, feelings, emotions, which they can do through text, but they're also sending emojis. You know, I sit on Zoom calls now and I can either clap or thumbs up when I approve of something, you know? It's like the, the this idea of like, everyone has shorter attention spans, catch people's attention as soon as possible, use emojis to communicate. Like, it's just the simplification of kind of the human experience that comes about through the digital world and this need to, make everything faster, more efficient, cleaner. It's that whole ecosystem of things is the, the side of technology that, that really kind of drags, that can disconnect us, that can drag us apart and like make connecting, you know, even I could talk to someone on Zoom and it still feels, it's mediated, you know, there's something in between us. So when I guess when I talk about humanity or when we talk about humanity at the Skin Deep, it's really just about like being in touch with with each other on a level that's like, more intimate than just you know an emoji or some sort of digital like gif or meme or anything like that so i really mm. I, the more emotional human experience i guess is to kind of simply round up like humanity yeah. i would describe more as like the emotional human experience that can be felt and maybe not necessarily yeah as well. yeah what what i what i'm hearing when you're when you're talking is the in the interconnectedness of other people with our own humanity i suppose it's like would the question might be would i still be a human in this humanity sense of the word if i was the only one because would, would emotions be the same would i wouldn't be communicating i wouldn't be because ex emotions are, are expressed but why are they expressed to someone for something for the purpose of communication and so yeah i'm hearing this very interested interconnectedness of other people with humanity, like humanity as the almost only existing because there's a collective and multiple people in humanity. Definitely. I, I think that's a really good way to put it too. 
when you're creating and curating these experiences and people come in to a room, let's just say for, for the end, um, and they come in, you know, with, they're going to talk about something, they're going to share something personal. How, how do you, in your job as like director of content and putting this together, how do you make that as intimate as possible for them? Because they're kind of in the middle of the room with a few cameras or probably a few other people standing around, sound guy or whatever. How, how do you, I guess, create the experience for them? And also, how do you make it, how do you convey that sense of intimacy to the people watching on through the video? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of, it's kind of on all fronts. It's, it's not just me. It's, you know, it's our whole crew that's on set. It's the, it's the team we have reaching out to them ahead of time. Um, it kind of, every point of contact we have with our participants, we very much ground in the idea of like, we're setting up this space for them. So our language and everything like that, you know, we have a lot of different production techniques for setting up the space. Um, but a big thing that I've learned is really just, it's just being, I mean, it's kind of like a little bit kind of how this conversation is, is just like explaining the experience from the heart and just being present with them of just being like, you know, that, you know, we never really know people will say things in their forms, but we never really know what's going to happen in the conversations. We, we set up the questions in a way that we think might work, um, might offer them a valuable experience. And then we kind of just let it go. And, and, you know, that's kind of the best part is we never really know what's going to happen. We never know when people are going to step into things. So you know, we really, it's an experience for them. And we just really try our best to communicate that to them. And, and, you know, we don't really make them feel like they have to, there's no right or wrong way to do this, you know? So it's really, and there's a lot of other things too, that we kind of have been working on throughout the years of just like, how do we make this space good for them? Good for us too, you know, as a, as team members who are sitting in that room all day, by the end of production, sometimes we have all of this just like weight of all of those conversations. And so we've like been working on ways of like, shaking that out and just describe that a bit for me like this this weight like being in a room with some serious heavy conversations all like for hours on end what's that feeling you're talking about i it's like so it's really is so hard to explain um we had a we had a couple who came in this past weekend and just like their conversation was was pretty deep and like there was a lot of different dynamics at play but nothing was really like it wasn't as tangibly like, oh, this conversation was about that. And that's why I feel this way. But they left and there was just this like, wait, that wasn't necessarily bad. It was just like this. I just like felt like I just put something on my back. Like they came in and I took something from them. Um, wow. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's, I, I've had a very interesting relationship with my kind of emotions throughout the years. And it's been very ebb and flow. And especially with the work that we do it, you know, there are times where I'm like incredibly more vulnerable all the time and more emotional. And there are other times where I'm like, maybe not so open and emotional and more shut down. And so for me, at least it's been a really interesting experience to, to kind of sit in this room and, you know, our job is so much to hold up this space that you kind of just like, you're able to kind of absorb some of that. But then at the end of it, it's really just about shaking it out and just like letting your body just release any kind of energy that comes about that. It's hard to explain because it really is something that I don't, I don't fully understand. Um, yeah. You're talking like about, about a very like physical, tangible feeling, and when I'm when I'm asking you to describe it, you're like, I don't know where it came from, or 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 how to explain it, or if there's even a A plus B equals C. But you're you're talking about this like your body feeling this 
this, I, I suppose, heaviness or sense of seriousness or like collecting some emotions from other people being almost that close to a serious or intimate conversation. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, which is the most frustrating part. And that's kind of why, like every time we have someone new join our team, we make it a priority to somehow get them on a production. Cause it's something that like, if you're, if you're working on set and you're part of the small crew that we have, like you'll feel it. And like, you won't really get it until you feel it. And that's the same thing with the end is like, you, if you play it, if you play the game or if you have the experience, like you'll, you'll, you might understand it from the outside, but once you do it, like you get it. So it's like this very, it's this very frustrating thing for us too, of like trying to like, I don't know, pour out this, like explain this project when it's like, you can explain this thing to a point, but at the same time, it's so felt that like you just need to feel it or watch a video or, or kind of that. Yeah. This, this is what I find interesting. Someone just on the live chat, uh, Vera, Vera, it just sends through like saying that she, she feels the same, the same thing when a patient tells their life story just out of nowhere and she doesn't know, uh, what to do with that information and, and linking that with what you're talking about. It's an interesting space in that, like you said, you're not a professional, you're not a counselor, you're not there to offer professional help, so to speak, but you are sitting and receiving something and, and you're put in a position where I suppose you don't respond. Like they just have the conversation. You guys go, you don't resolve it. If it ends, like if they get into a bit of an argument, Nick probably doesn't come in and go now, now, now you really should listen to Stacy. She has something now, Stacy, you want to listen to Greg and like, you're in this like very passive fly on the wall position, which I'm wondering if that's like, even from your experience, a, a position that we almost don't experience much because if, if the only conversations we have on this level of intimacy and difficulty when we're talking about serious things with close relationships, we often have to like respond and resolve and go, okay, I understand how you're feeling and we're like a part of that. But then there's this level of you're in a space where you don't, you don't have to respond. In fact, it's probably better that you don't respond and you let it sit and all you can do is kind of feel that and go, wow, like I feel what you're saying. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I can, like, I'm not here to offer anything. What's been your experience? Like, has it changed you in any ways? Whether being able to sit with difficult emotions, being able to like, like hold certain things as you literally just have to listen to the most heavy things and then just, and just go, Oh, thank you. Thanks for sharing and on your way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, someone literally just said it. Juice Lover just said it's the practice of deep listening and empathy. And that, that is really what it is. Um, it's, it's kind of this idea that it, it has changed me a lot. And kind of what I mentioned earlier, just about like my experience to my emotions has, has very much been impacted by this. And, and it's very much affected the way that I communicate with the people in my life and the way that I, and I kind of just exist in all my relationships. Yeah. So I think, I mean, our, our kind of, when we're going about the project is, you know, because we never know what's going to happen in that room or we never know what people are going to talk about. We're always just trying to get people in there because every experience is incredibly unique and there's always a value to like every conversation. So 
you know, at the, at the beginning stages, nobody knew about us. You know, we were casting through Craigslist. We were taking literally anybody who would just show up and be in the room. And that kind of mindset has really just shifted. And it's like, you know, I'm in New York. If I get on the subway, I see, you know, 40 to 70 people on the train or however many, I'm bad at math, but you know, you see those people around you. And now I'm in this mindset of just like, what are each one of these, like, what is everyone in this train going through? Like, who are they most like in love with right now? Or who do they feel most connected to? Or who do they hate the most? Or like, what sort of conflicts are like affecting them? So it's really like, it's shifted just my perspective on just humans in general. Like I literally am just always immediately way more conscious and empathetic towards just like wherever anybody would be coming from. And so like, that's been a huge shift for me. I think it's also like, it's grounded me in a way that it's just like, it's also, it's work that I care about and I think has a lot of value and we've seen value from it. So, you know, when I get the chance to work on such an amazing project, I'm also very uh, just grounded in myself of like, oh, I'm so happy to be able to be bringing something that brings people value. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, just to talk more about like kind of the emotional experience of it, I, I think it's it's just been it's been a really great reflect like reflecting point of me just getting to experience other people, the way they communicate, the way they may not communicate and just getting to play that back in my head very much of how the experience might be taken by other people, by people who watch the content. Um, you know, there are times where like, I also have edited a lot of these videos and just sitting there, you know, I'm at a computer for like three or four hours and our editor, our main head editor, Dane is like, always editing and he's you know it, it's this thing of like you don't feel like you're alone or that you're at a computer because you're so connected to these two people having this experience wow. even though it's digital and there's this weird disconnect between like these video files yeah. and these people but um i don't know i kind of like spiraled and lost my like little tangent there but i just i do yeah. think it has it's had huge impacts on me and, and everybody on our team has said the same kind of thing you know we we take our work very seriously and we all do a really good job at checking in with each other and kind of, as you mentioned before, like, are we just a bunch of like New York hipsters? It's like, we're not because uh, half, you know, you know, we started out here and there's like, I think now there's four of us, five of us in New York, but the rest of our team is kind of all over the place. We have people in Austin, Amsterdam, Toronto, Guadalajara, like everywhere. Um, and so, you know, when we get together as, real as people when we show up outside of the computers on our retreats like we do a really good job at just connecting with each other and also just checking in to see like what are our all like our different experiences with this project and how has it affected us and why are we here and why are we showing up for this thing and so it's just that's a kind of a sentiment that's been definitely like resonated through a lot of the team members we've had on and uh yeah it's interesting to hear when you're talking about like you're on the on the subway just looking at people it's almost like through your work and, and the position you've had to be in, it's almost like you can go, when I think of my experience, I can go through life like so narrow, like with blinders on and I'm like, I'm doing this. I've got to get this done. I remember, I remember when I was, I used to work in, in Brisbane, which is like not a big city like New York, but it's a kind of big one Australia has. I used to work in like the center of city. Uh, of the city and I'd catch the bus in and I hated it. It was like my first job out of school. I was a gap. It was a gap year. Just get some money and go traveling kind of, kind of job. It was in an office and oh man, like that was a low point in my life. I would just like get on the bus. I'd be sitting with people 
and I would be like going from the bus station to work, be going down an escalator. And I was just like, people were objects in my way. I was like, oh, this guy, he, he's, sit, he's standing on the right-hand side of the escalator. Mate, come on, move aside. I'm walking down, like, hurry, like, you know, you're walking behind someone or oh, another slow walker overtake here, you know, like, and I think that's kind of what happens with people in cars and road rage like the car becomes an object to be like what an idiot like what a when you know you don't know what that person's going through like you forget there's a person in there and hearing you talk about like listening to so many people talk it's almost when i hear you say that it's like people become people again like it makes us more human in the sense that you're looking at that guy over there and rather than being like, oh, geez, he smells a little, you're, you're just wondering, like, what's he What's he going through? What's he feeling? What's he... People suddenly become... It sounds silly to say, like, people become people, but contrasting it to, like, objects and means to an end or things in the way or people like yourself with emotions, with life journeys, with difficult moments and, and things like that. So I'm, I'm hearing, like... Like, do you think that has taken, like that transition has kind of taken place specifically because of the work you're doing? Um, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I think it really plays to that whole idea that we were talking about earlier of like, what is, what is humanity or like, how do we describe humanity? And it's yeah. that same kind of concept of like people becoming people. And I think that's a really good way to put it. And I haven't even thought of it that way, but I think, I think that's, a huge part of it. Cause like, I'm, I'm not perfect. And like, there are days where I'm in New York and I have so many things going on. I'm stressed as hell. And just, and I'm just like, people are just now in my way. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Without a doubt. But I do think, yeah, I think as a direct result of all this work that we've been doing, it's been a huge, just like kind of eye opener to that. And just a reminder of that. And just like, you don't know these people walking in, but like they have something that they're dealing with and they don't even know you. And like, it doesn't even matter. You know, because like yeah. we're all so in our own universes in so many different ways um, that I really do think that, yeah, I think this work has been a huge, a huge component of me, like being more empathetic and, and opening myself up more to the people around me. And you, it, it sounds like when you say like everyone's in their own different little universes, it sounds very true in that like everybody has reasons, experience, all these things. And when we pause to think, oh, what's their universe like? I think that's an interesting exercise. How do you, like uh, Daniela Bernal sent through a, a, in the live here, how do you remain like at peace seeing people deal with the like heavy emotions or heavy breakups or difficult? How do you, how do you, cause like you said, you feel heavy after it and the, the crew are like, whoa, geez, like I'm physically feeling this. How do you remain at peace or not be affected by it or not take it on board? Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's a it's a lot of communication. I think um, that's kind of what we do at the end of shoots is we all connect and talk about our experiences and, and just reflect on each other. Um, you know, our experience is set up in a way that's very much the way we quite like curate the questions has a certain order to it, and we make it so that people are never leaving on a on a wrong note. So there's always some kind of like what we call landing the plane or, or healing to a degree of of you know, yeah. we, we are very much so creating a space for people to lean into things that are, are dark or kind of problematic or cause them issues. Like there's a lot of serious stuff that comes up in these conversations. Our job and part of that holding that space is that people don't, you know, we're not opening up this Pandora's box of people's feelings and people's problems for the sake of content or for the sake of like 
our brand. Yeah. It's it's we're doing it for them, which also means that it's kind of our job to make sure that things kind of get neatly put back in before we let them loose. And you know, that's that's a process. And you that think we're that contributes to like that helps you process it as you're in as you're encountering like that yeah. journey going through it. I think so. It kind of it kind of makes it like self-contained in the sense of like these people come in, they have an intense experience. We don't let anybody walk out. Like we're like, listen, okay, just just try these questions. Like this might help if that ever comes up. Um, and that's just a process that we're always evolving and adapting because that's a huge part of this. Is that you know that's the whole thing. Is like you know we we have integrity in our work and in our team that keeps us from having people come in and fight and then leave because we're like, Oh, we got good video of people fighting and now they're yeah. pissed off. Outside. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. We got Jerry Springer for that. So it's like, <laughs> we, we don't, <laughs> we don't need that. That's not really what we're about. So having the conversation that they have also kind of wrap itself back up and kind of, and kind of settle is also very much a good way for us on set to also have it be kind of like brought back down that being said, like there's still things that we're always carrying and we just, the next big thing I say is like communication. Cause that's what we do as a team. And we very much just like talk to each other about like, what was that like? What are you feeling? Is there anything we need to do? We also move around a lot too, to help get rid of that. So, um, and I think it just becomes really about identifying it and acknowledging it and then communicating about it and talking through it and then kind of moving on from it. But I do think, the way our experience is set up also really helps us too, as people who are standing by. What, like, would you call it then? Like, are you, are you religious as a person or any of like the people on the team religious at all? Um, from what I know, um, I don't think there's anyone who's really devoutly religious. Um, yep. I was raised. What about yourself? Your Yeah. I, so I was raised, I was raised Catholic, but I, I kind of fell a little bit out of it as I grew older and, you know, my family was never super over heavy handedly religious. So no, right now I don't really identify with any religions or, or, um, yeah. How would you categorize yourself? Just like agnostic atheist. You'd just kind of go, mm, don't really think about it. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess probably more on like atheist, I guess. Yep. yep. Yeah. I don't really would, think about it too much, honestly. What I find interesting is that like this, when I'm hearing you describe the work you're doing and people coming in and the different, I guess, positions people can be in, they can either be the ones having the conversations, it's you curating these conversations and producing these conversations, then it's like people like me observing these conversations, being a fly on the wall and watching these conversations. And it sounds to me like on every level, it could be categorized as some level of like a spiritual practice if spiritual was defined by the part of our humanity that's like beyond we can describe, like you've said a lot of the times, like it's these intangible, hard things to describe. And that's, a, that's, I mean, a lot of our humanity, to be honest, is like what makes us human is the things we can't describe. Like what, what makes me better than a monkey? I don't know. Like I can do a lot of things with like my fingers and hands and stuff, um, but there's more to it. And it's hard to put your finger on like it. And it almost sounds like the work you're doing and, and watching these things and opening up to empathy and connecting with people, people's humanity. Like, would you call it some level of spiritual practice? I think, I think for some people it definitely can be, I think, yeah. you know, a big part of also my a kind of less acknowledged part of my education is I think I fell in love with the, 
kind of theology department at Fordham when I was studying there. They have a really strong project. I mean, not project, um, department. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up, it was a kind of thing that we as a family kind of started to fall, not fall out of, but it just became a thing that was more routine than it was like actual faith. Uh, that's how I felt about it. And so when I went to school, I ended up taking a bunch of theology classes because I was just super interested in it. And it does very much tie so to this kind of same idea of kind of this stump that I've been having of like, how do you articulate this thing? Mm. And a lot of these kind of classes that I was taking were touching on that exact same thing of like, how do you articulate something that's so um, yeah. kind of distance? So um, I think, I think people definitely have their own interpretation of it. And I think there's definitely people who have had this experience and have perceived it to be spiritual and have definitely taken that kind of element of it and, and, and reflected yeah. on it in that way. Cause there is something very like, uh, like true about it or like, I don't know. I don't know the right word to use exactly, but I think, I think yeah. there is a lot of overlap that I think you're picking up on too. And I think a lot of people can perceive it that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, yeah, it is, it is a hard thing to put your finger on. Like when you say, when you say true, what are you, what are you talking about? Like true to the, to your human experience or true to, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really even know. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think, like, yeah, yeah. I think, kind of what you were saying is like, yeah, there's something like very inherent to your experience about, like, as a human, your experience with the things you believe in, your experience with the people that you connect with. Um, yeah. It's it's something that is so. I know, kind of what I was saying before is like it's so felt that I think there's yeah. just so much there that can be also leans into like oh it's a spiritual thing or like oh it's just like an honesty thing or like anything of that sort so and that's the thing too is like it's also just a space that we we want to have open to everybody so there's people from all types of religions and all types of just non-religious backgrounds that come in and can use it the same way but have different takeaways for that kind of experience yeah yeah but, um, yeah. yeah i uh Sunni Sunshiny on on the live chat here. I gave it like I, I like this definition of spirituality. Where it was, uh, they said spirituality is all about connection, connection to self, others, and and so on. I think that's, I think if that's like a, the operating definition of spirituality, I think yeah, it does sound a lot like this work and watching and observing it is that level of connecting with yourself, reflecting on it, connecting with other people. What are they going through? And I suppose expanding the expanding our universe to include other people's little universes, I think. So I, to, to kind of bring it all the way back to the clickbait of like technology makes us more human. How would you like bring, like what would you have to say about that clickbait there? Like technology makes us more human because why? I think technology makes us more human because at the end of the day, it, hmm, in a concise way, tough. That's tough. <laughs> tough, tough. I mean, I at the end of the day, I think technology makes us more human because of the access that it gives us. Um, at the end of the day, I think advancements in technology are an incredible way to better the lives of people, to make things more accessible, to make people more interconnected and have a bigger like kind of mind space and kind of not mind space, but a bigger perspective, a wider perspective. And so I think, I think that access is a huge part of it. And in our case, 
what we're trying to build is the access to kind of emotional content, the access to like human content. So I think that there is, I think that's, I think that's what I would say is, is access. Yeah, it it is interesting, you know, a few people, Juice Oliver in the chat there, like being like, yeah, not like not big on religion, but, but feeling very spiritual. And I think that operating definition of spirituality that connects us to our humanity is, is a good one. And I think, yeah, I think it, it is interesting to hear you talk about technology and what it, what it can do to connect our humanity. I think we have a very realistic idea of what technology is being used for. It's being used to hack our brains. It's being used to change our behaviors. It's being used to like kind of mine data and money out of us. But if it's this powerful to be able to do that technology, yeah, like with advancements in connection and observing, like now we can include more people through this technology. Nick, uh, is there anything like you, you kind of want to say to add to finish or you've kind of, you kind of covered everything you want to cover? God, no. I mean, I could talk about this stuff for so long. It's like the hardest thing. Cause like people will ask me about it and I'll be like, I could try to give you like a five minute version or we could do a three hour version. So like, Honestly, Connor, if you want to hop on another one of these next week, I'd be happy to talk more. But like, I I, I just think, I think, you know, um, what I would say to just kind of round it off is that, you know, our goals for this project and for all of our projects and our work, you know, we don't just like do what we do for the sake of doing it. And we'll never do anything that we don't say that we're going to do. Like, we're very true to our values and our intentions and it's all grounded in respect and it's all grounded in um, kind of transparency and honesty and vulnerability. And just, I mean, for the people who I know it's come up a couple of times with people who are looking for more connection and for better ways to connect with each other. I mean, I do, I, and I honestly say this, of just like, you should check out some of the videos and like, see how, what resonates with you. That being said, I think it's also a level of just like, think about the way that you're connecting in all capacities. Because even if you're connecting digitally and you're like, oh, I hate texting all the time. Well, think about the way that you're texting um, or think about the way that you talk to people or how often you see them. And I think I think just the idea of our relationship to each other is not put into the limelight as much as it maybe should be because so much of our experiences are dependent on each other. So much of our experiences are derived from our interactions with each other, like you know, humanity is really about kind of the stories that we're telling each other and passing on and the experiences that we have with each other. So I think if there was one thing to like kind of semi wrap this thing up, I would just say like, yeah, just really think about your connection to other people and what does that mean? And, you know, we're trying to build tools that help people focus more on that and explore that in in new ways. And we're trying to offer new experiences for people. And we're trying to very much be on that, you know, experiential side of it. But um, yeah, I just, I think, I've gotten so much out of this work. I think other people should check it out if they haven't and just see what resonates with them. And just, if anything, if it's nothing to do with the skin deep, just think about the way you're connecting to the people around you and what that means. I think sometimes the the caricature that people within a religious context, we've got like a, a probably a, a pretty large contingent of people who might be Christian or religious or recently left religion. And I think the caricature that can be painted by people who like yourself that might be like yeah i guess i'm atheist but i don't really think about it is that like there's no 
well, there's no progression forward into becoming a better human. There's no, like, where do your morals come from? These are these, like, stereotypes put, put upon people who might not have an overt religious perspective. But I think there's an... I think just listening to you unpack like the work that you're doing and, and what it's like to be a part of that experience that there, there is, you, it could be categorized by some as like a spiritual practice where you take the time to enter into this space and then you reflect on it. And then you kind of try and practice it to yourself. If I watch a conversation modeled of like a father and son, I can go, that would be a great question for me to bring with my relationship in with my dad. And if it makes us if it brings us to more connection, more openness and, and more, I guess, love for humanity and includes other people, I think, yeah, I, I think that's definitely a practice that can include like anybody, like all humans essentially, because that, that's kind of how we connect. If people want to follow you and check out like your work and upcoming projects and things like that, what's like the best way for people to get a hold of everything that, that's going on there? Yeah, definitely. Um, the so on Twitter and Instagram, you can find us at the underscore Skin Deep. Um, on YouTube, if you just type in the Skin Deep, um, you'll also be able to find us there. Or you can just head over to our website, which is theskindeep.com. Um, and then if you did wanted to check out our the card games, which is our and experience, but the questions in a card game, um, you can do that at theskindeep.com/shop. So those are kind of the areas that you can kind of learn more about us, see some of our work. Yeah, We're also working on launching our own podcast soon too. So cool. keep your eyes out for that too. So yes. like going on. <laughs> that's, that's, um, I, cause, cause it's like the, your podcast is what about, um, like sex and relationships and intimacy. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of them. The one we're actually about to launch is kind of a, an expansion and extension of the end. So it's, it's more conversational, awesome. but then after that, yeah, after that we have, um, it's called Honest X, and it's all about exploring intimacy, desire, and sexual uh, expression in a safe, in a safe, yeah. non-judgmental space. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I think I think that 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 one will do very well because all the episodes I do are like masturbation and sex. They do very well. Yeah, <laughs> very popular. Exactly. So, well, like as you're listening to this episode, uh, if you're new to the, to the show or you're just listening to the podcast, that will be released later. Uh, you know, you can. If you're listening, you can agree or disagree, but that's not really the point. Hopefully, you've been able to see where Nick's coming from, what what kind of ideas and his journey through the work he's been doing, and hopefully, you can understand uh, Nick's perspective a little bit more and maybe connect with it yourself. If you want to connect with us, Ideas Digest, it's at Ideas Digest on Instagram. You can send us an email about like any topics you think we should explore, any person you think we should connect with, ideasdigest at gmail.com. And we have a YouTube channel. I'm slowly like putting up videos. This one will be up on YouTube because your video is going to probably be better than mine. And I'm going to be very like self-conscious and be like, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, my video won't be that great. So those people on the live saying, oh, can you save this live? Um, Nick might be able to save it and send it through to me, but then you can, it might like, I can chuck it up, but that's a, like a low quality us fumbling around my camera, having issues and things like that. But there will be a podcast episode of this released in a couple of weeks. So stay tuned for that. Nick, it's been awesome to have you on, on the show. Thanks for being just open, honest and exploring some of these ideas with me. We'd probably love to get you back and explore some, like maybe some like specific, uh, have a think like as you're on your um, on your sets and shoots and things like that. I, I'd love to like get inside of like w- a specific scenario of like what it's like to be sitting there watching a, like one conversation. Definitely. No. And thank you so much. Like, you know, when you originally reached out and you kind of explained your project and what ideas digest is, I'm like, 
that is so much of like what we're trying to do too. Like, I love that. Yeah. And like, yeah. it just resonated so much. So it's been an honor to be able to talk about our work in a space like such as yours. And it's, it's great. And I really appreciate it. Yeah. This has been awesome. Awesome. Thanks so much for connecting and uh, we'll catch you in the next episode.